0: The Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Brasilia Recap, results, news, and a whole lot more. Let's get to it. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches, thinking how things used to be, dark night. It's a Dog. What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Tom, and this is work you can find over at MMA And on this year program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're gonna do today tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, it will be after the fights, that's for sure, because it is a recap episode, that's right, um, not not your usual breakdown episode as my auto uh, intro would allow you to believe, but uh, I did want to give you guys something to make up for it. Uh, it was a crazy week, yes we know Dan, yes we know, not just for me of course, for everybody, you as well I'm sure, hopefully if you're listening to this, you're doing okay. You're not getting stabbed in, with wine bottles for, um, you know, fucking case of water like I just saw online. Things are crazy out there right now, folks. Of course, talking about the global pandemic, uh, the coronavirus, which, you know, is relevant to this card, which we'll be recapping. I'm also going to do a brief recap, actually, of uh, UFC 248, because as you know, um a lot of times I end up recapping the previous show before the breakdown and uh, I really thought I was going to get to it, but it's kind of a good thing I did, uh, didn't did because that was like the one time for, a, or the last time I should say, for a minute as far as a crucial store run because um, the parking lots died down a little bit as I was driving around tonight. Uh, I did go grab some food after the car. I didn't record immediately, like I said, uh, I did needed to eat something. And, um, I do have food here is pretty good about stocking up, but part of me is like, well, while things are open, why don't you, you grab something that's somewhat low risk, you know, got to get contact with too many people. But at the same time, trying to, you know, <clears throat> you know, not dig into the stash quite yet. Um, crazy, right? We're having to, like, think like this, like, <laughs> you know, like... I'm, I'm using like a paper towel today, and I'm like, okay, let me get as much as I can out of this thing, and and whatnot, and you know, um, eating a piece of chicken, and you know, not that I wasteful or anything, but I just found myself extra meticulously eating it to the bone, making sure things weren't getting wasted. And I thought about, you know, I, I don't know about your grandparents, but my grandparents. Um, and that generation, I should say, that kind of li- lived through the American Depression of the 1930s and that mindset they always had, you know, where they would just, you know, my like, grandpa would eat stuff that's, you know, overdue and doesn't care. He's just like a human disposal. We're like, gross, grandpa, right? But but he, you know, aside from being old and senile and, you know, uh, you know and, um, and uh, you know, in the depths of hospice care and dying, but like, you know, those, those people, man, they really, they come from a different time. And I think we're all going to be forced to kind of understand that and going through what we're going through. Um, hopefully it, it just, um, you know, from uh, the things I've read uh, to, you know, from etymologists to the one that was on, or the disease specialist that was on that Rogan podcast, that was a useful listen as well. Uh, I'll recommend that but um but yeah they, they, these things tend to run their courses uh before vaccines can if at all arrive so um you know hopefully everybody is just ready to hunker down and be realistic about it but at the same time not panic about it and be be kind to one another you know read this shitty story of company i used to work for whole foods and fucking bezos and You know, these guys can afford to pay for their employee sick leave, but Mr. Mackey, who I'm not trying to get political you know, on on, on this podcast, folks, but, again, I used to work for this company, and even though I'm not a red team versus blue team, red team or blue team, left or right kind of guy, you know what I dislike? People who come up under the, the guise of one thing, but they're really just like their fucking enemy, and that Mackey prick was just like that, acting like a liberal progressive hippie. All for the cause, all for this. Oh yeah, sharing and this and that. Yes, and then he just fucking gets a ego trip and writes his own book or whatever. Conscious capitalism, like you know, just which was pretty much like a penance of him, just like (laughs) the fact that he, he, you know, an apology, like that he is more uh, like you know the people he supposedly dislikes than in reality, because apparently Mackie the prick who already sold his shares and made. Whole Foods even more corporate than they are. I'm a little sore on Whole Foods by the way. They uh, they fought me. They wouldn't even give me Cobra insurance um, despite me paying extra for my insurance and having an exemplary record there. Accusing me of, of lying about my concussion symptoms that I have till this day. So it's kind of a gross company. So to hear that Mackie this week suggested that for all the workers that are affected by COVID-19, whether they are actually struck and ill or um, other causes related to this pandemic rather than cover their employees, he asked. uh, He asked them to pull pull up your extra hours for your fellow employees, essentially putting the onus on the workers rather than covering them. And not to get on that random tangent or reveal too much about myself as well there to kind of give context to my emotion of that statement, but it does relate to kind of our world of MMA, right? I mean, we look at Bellator and the UFC, and we kind of look at how they each handled things this weekend. Of course, the fighters are uh, very grateful for the opportunity to fight, wanting the opportunity to fight. It is how they make money. Um, So you don't have to agree with their stance by any means, um, because I don't. But you do got to understand that they're in a delicate situation, as well as all of us, obviously. Um, whereas, you know, Bellator in Uncasville 241 initially made the adjustment, um, it's probably good I didn't do a breakdown show because like, I got watch more Bellator footage than UFC footage, so it would have been mainly Bellator stuff, but they initially made the adjustment of, okay, we're going to go on with a show, but we're going to do it without um, an audience, right? And just like UFC Brasilia and some other sporting events recently that's gone down, but with everything outright canceling bellator followed suit with that whereas UFC Brazilia brasilia went on um and i'm not here to belabor that point or you know, cry over spilt milk as it has already happened and we'll, we will go over those results you can skip ahead i'll probably timestamp it if you guys really care that much but um but yeah, and they went on with the event and it was really nice to see that I think that regardless of the fighters got paid or not, that it was the right decision to cancel it, and of course I want the fighters to get paid and of course I think that was awesome by Scott Coker and Bellator to pay their fighters, staffers um, etc. You know, so that was awesome, and I just it just sucks that it just seems like the smaller, you know companies the smaller guys are are the ones doing or at the very least thinking of their brother uh not not a gender thing but you know their their, their fellow their, their their fellow man uh, their fellow human um while the rich you know filthy rich of the world um and the people on top um you know to be fair they could do more and that's putting it politely you know, so it'll be real interesting as I'm talking to you guys now. Part of the reason why I delayed is because that UFC London news broke, uh, here, you know, evening time, U.S., Saturday, March 14th, that the ever-changing climate in the U.K., which, you know, we're getting reports of loose borders, or now it's for a reason, you know, uh, it's, I didn't read too into it, uh. Or how much legs it has to it, but as far as their herd mentality, or they kind of have a different take uh, on the virus and the spread. Regardless, it seems like they're they're finally tightening up a bit as well, which was kind of predicted. They are kind of a crucial hub to a lot of places, and it's affecting the fight, which sucks for fighters like Ashley Evan Smith, who is already reportedly in London. Fighters that are amid transit, I believe Tyron Woodley, maybe in the process of travel. Amongst others, I got to. I have to imagine. And now they're looking to relocate it somewhere in the United States. It can't be Vegas because, again, as of the news changes so fast. So, <clears throat> again, this is being recorded uh, evening time, about uh, nine nine thirty Pacific Pacific um, U.S. West Coast time, but uh, about two p.m. Pacific. U.S. West Coast Time. This exact time for where I'm recording from, Nevada. The Nevada State Athletic Commission held an emergency meeting where, uh, essentially, the, uh, the, the all all sporting events, fights, combat sports, they're going to be postponed um, until uh, via, for the you know COVID-19 outbreak uh, until the 25th of this month, where Executive Bob Bennett will. Uh, be there to rule as far as nevada stance going forward and again folks this is long-winded and kind of disjointed and perhaps on a more serious less goofy note Uh, i apologize for that but uh, you know i'm sure you all understand because this is kind of the world we all are living in and this does tie together in the sense as far as the companies how they act Um, Dana White, UFC, obviously the supplier of entertainment, work for me, entertainment for us all, right? Um, How it's relative, and again, I'm not the one to tie sports with politics, but it is relevant, obviously, here um, is that um, certain attitudes are shared. It's probably not a coincidence. For example, Dana White and his buddy, our old president, Donald Trump, kind of not a surprise they kind of had the same attitude um uh trump uh obviously having to cr- to, to correct it somewhat because he is the, the president obviously he's much more uh, beholden to a bigger audience and a bigger role more important one than dana white but uh which by the way i don't follow i'm not a fan I'm not a trump fan i don't follow the the politics and stay as informed as i should so it's like it's been a while since i've actually like Suffered through listening the, to the dude talk, and uh, I'm just like laughing the whole time. <laughs> like the person um, I'm hanging out, uh, who, who's staying with me. Which, by the way, I had a friend come to stay with me from from Switzerland. Um, she, you know, it, it was before uh, before the stuff took a took a high turn. Um, but now uh, she's she's stuck here, you know. So prayers to her. She's stuck with me. Fuck. No, just kidding. But. No, it's 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 a real situation, um, and uh, I guess what I was uh, what was I saying there? I was tying that to there was a point to that. Donnie, get with it. Um, yeah, Trump. Oh yeah, she was like, she was like, are you a fan? Are you not a fan of Trump? Are you? I'm like, no, no, I'm I'm laughing because I haven't heard this guy talking forever, and it's hilarious. Like the. Like, it's a serious speech with, like, real information at hand. and The guy the guy can't fucking help himself. Like, he has to take shots at someone or something, like, no matter what it is. Like, I, f- I forget what he said. He, and, uh, he went, uh, I forget what he was... Oh, God, I forget what it was, but it was just, like, uh... <laughs> yeah, this was accurate, unlike ones of the past. Like, he's just always just taking shots. I'm like, Jesus, this guy can't even get through a sentence um but yeah it's, it's not uncommon i guess what i'm saying it's not a, you know probably a coincidence i guess i should say that you know they kind of act similarly but there's also another component to it's not just a people want to hang it you know on dana's relationship with trump this is i would argue more of a nevada thing uh, meaning for example um steve cecilac uh, i believe God, Governor, I think wow, I'm very yeah, I'm real informed as you can tell. Pretty much our leaders came together, declared Nevada state of emergency about two days ago. This of, as of this recording, uh, except for with with their with our state of emergency, uh, coincidentally skipped over the closing of schools, which I got to imagine is inevitable at this point. Everybody's kind of realizing that's one that needs to be done, um, as well as public gatherings slash events and again i'm using air quotes here it's kind of convenient you know it's uh pretty convenient that that was uh, skipped over considering that again our state of nevada what is it what is it mainly relying on folks coffee no bananas no tourism tourism so we have to host events to feed that tourism so yes, of course everybody's going to get hit. Now, I'm not trying to play a violin for my state by any means here. But yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer that a state like Nevada is going to be hit drastically. And so that's kind of upsetting that, again, they're thinking about money and other things rather than the more important things, um, the more relevant things. So again, it didn't surprise me that the UFC took so long to release an official statement. I believe what was it? It wasn't until Thursday night, you know. Uh, again, and until after you know, our state declares a state of emergency as well of the other sports canceling. Right, instead of just following suit. Um, and again, I'm not just blindly digging into the UFC here. If anything, I'm I'm, I'm offering a, another point of view as far as why. Things, you know, have been slowed up. Uh, which is also why I tweeted I was going to be real interesting to see what comes of the emergency meeting. And, you know, it's you could look at it that it's good that they're doing an emergency meeting, but considering nothing really was affected in, in, in to a certain sense. Well, maybe now the fact that, you know, they have to relocate this UFC London card. And if, excuse me. This march 25th um date wasn't set by the commission as far as a temporary suspension of events and perhaps the apex could be an event and to be honest i don't really think i would um you know apply to go unless there was some weird thing where it was like <laughs> you know <laughs> you don't have a job if you don't go not that i you know, my work would give me that kind of an ultimatum and like god i hope i can't imagine what work would but you know what i'm saying um the only thing that i guess what would have been tempted to have gone out of a selfish reason would be uh if they would have done a tony habib at the apex just because you guys know how much i want to see that fight but you know just the risk that's involved with gyms and whatnot i mean um, you've seen it, and, and I, I'm just going to echo the talking points here because I agree, but like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not just a gym. It's a gym where you're having close contact. I mean, I was somebody who was really good because I actually would train with people who had fights, whether whether they were amateur or pro. So if I was feeling sick, I wouldn't go to the gym. Um, that being said, you know, this was years ago, and I will not... Uh, super, you know, up to date on, you know, wasn't up to date on the swine flu or the Zika or any of that stuff. So it wasn't because of those reasons. It was just basic common courtesy. Sadly, that common courtesy is very rare. Uh, many reasons I've learned. I'm not wired like most people, but that aside, just staying on target, it, 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 you know people go to the gym sick all the time they go to the gym with staff I mean I would see people where you're just like that's staff bud or see someone with like duct tape and you're like okay you're really committed there's either a cut there or it's a staff you know and people would just be pressing the issue pressing the issue they didn't realize what it could be doing to other people and does that mean they're evil people who are waking up and twiddling their mustache no but it's again that's the point is it's human nature and that's what it put puts, you know, gym owners in tough spots. You know, this is the first time I'm usually on here complaining, I miss the mats, I miss the mats, because I haven't been able to be on the mats, or, you know, ah, man, fucking not having, like, friends in Vegas, and, you know, social, uh, social support system is fucking tough, and, you know, staying at home all the time affects your psyche, and you know, albeit those things are true. Man, I'm kind of grateful for that right now. It's almost like it was training for this situation that's ahead of all of us right now. So, you know, being stuck indoors with, 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 with people, albeit loved ones, hopefully, uh, maybe something new, but um, to, to some of you guys, but we got to, uh, we got to, uh, you know, embrace it and, and, and respect these things and understand that if things go. Like I think, and many think, and arguably they should, as far as things shutting down from gyms, events, yes, that sucks for us all. But at the same time, it is, it's is—it's what needs to happen right now. I'm not going to go too deep into medical stuff. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a disease control specialist. I'm not an etymologist. I'm not none of these things. But again, from basic knowledge of what we know and from people much more qualified than me, I think it's well then just safe to be, be, be prepared for these next uh, couple of months to let it let these things pass in your area, and, and I think we can all help the peaks and valleys um, expedite themselves um, into summertime, and hopefully it doesn't come back after, but you know into summertime um, by respecting these things like social distancing. I Just shared uh, Alex uh, Alex Cafetti's uh, tweet online about the you know, sharing that hashtag. It's worth a look. And it's a bunch of people's stories essentially, as far as people that are high-risk COVID-19, that hashtag. Um, the immune compromise, so like post-cancer, post-stroke. Um, like my mother, for example, um, she is very at high risk and is you know recovering in my sister's house where she has three kids. And uh, they went to school on Friday because on Thursday, despite declaring the state of emergency they did not shut down schools, so I'm, uh, working on getting my mom over here, since I don't leave the house much anyways, even when society is normal, um, and there's a lot of bodies there, uh, they're also looking to move my, my grandpa, who is right in the grasps, right dead in the grasps of, uh, pardon the word, using the word dead of hospice, uh, to finish out his last days, so, um, that house is gonna get even more crowded, so, I'm, I'm I have, uh, trying to get my mother over here hopefully you guys are looking over after your loved ones and if you can't afford to and hopefully have in the goodness of your heart um are going to look out for strangers slash semi-strangers in the form of neighbors because we don't really know our neighbors in this day and age make sure you're you're looking out if you know that there's like an elderly neighbor um within you know stone's throw distance you know it wouldn't hurt to drop them off um, a couple bottles of water or cans of food, check if they're all right, if you have their numbers, etc. It's the older people. I mean, it's a pain. I don't even want to go in these stores when I'm looking around and and you just see things are empty. Imagine being elderly and trying to do that. I mean, those people shouldn't even be out with their systems. Um, So just because you're not in the quote-unquote the higher risk, you're still at risk of spreading and making this stuff last a lot longer. Um, and taking it to the people you love, so just listen. Don't freak out, but you know, listen, listen to the CDC, listen to your local direction and news and whatnot. So I don't want to get too down that rabbit hole of that podcast, but yes, the COVID nineteen, um, the way states are responding, like Nevada, will affect our sport, folks. So in a roundabout way, this is all kind of related. So I, ho- I really hope you guys are okay. Um. Yeah, uh, news last week, future. So, you know, we're gonna have to find creative ways to to uh, find content. I know I'm not the only one, or create content. Um, <laughs> it, it's funny, you know, I, uh, between me not giving the product I want to what everything is going on in the rest of the world, I felt so stupid and guilty even bringing up like possible future pay tiers or things like that or a possible bonus tiers to kind of help further support this podcast and um, monetizing it while still keeping it free still keeping it relatively the same product you're used to just adding for those who care to uh, do adding of their own right Uh, but even so I feel dumb for even bringing that up Um, so and thank you guys for past donations and whatnot or people that donated recently you really didn't need to Uh, I'm just hoping everybody's okay your listenership your love your care uh, is all I could ask for and all I can ask for even further is for you to pay that forward to the people in person right especially right now Uh, people who need it Um, but uh, as far as content goes you know, I think the need for that is only, if anything, going to go up, especially if people are, are stuck indoors like they need. So I'm not going anywhere. We're, we're still going to have podcasts. We're going to still have entertainment. Um, Even though I really just ideally, you know, if I did a, a perma co-host, would love someone in person. But we'll be going back to Skype and other things, obviously, because even if I had someone in person, probably would be smart to to co-host from separate houses, and uh, I say that because uh, I'm going to start uh, sending out my top five birdies, I was waiting until my mom is stable, she is, fortunately the world is not, but while we're waiting for it to stabilize, um, as long as the institution doesn't collapse, there's power, and internet, I'll be here, and uh, I'm going to be bringing back top five episodes. Um, Although Mystery Science Theater style, um, watch-along tracks are something I want to do for both UFC events uh, going numbered, starting from the beginning, as well as martial arts movies, classics to So Bad They're Good to So Bad They're Bad. Um, I I definitely do intend on doing those. um, But those specifically, you really need someone else to, and it gets really tricky when you're doing those Um, time things with multiple uh, people. Um, uh, You know, I'm a big fan of uh, my friends over there at Bloody Elbow. I know they're quote-unquote competitor, but as you know, I've had people from there on this show multiple times before. And old Zane Simon, and I think Connor Rebush does it too. They do an MMA Depressed Us. Um, I... Admittedly, I haven't listened to that in a long time, but I'm pretty sure they kind of do that similar format, like I spoke of. So, it can be done. Um, it's just uh, you know we're all gonna have to make adjustments to get things done, and uh, that's gonna be something that I'm 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 gonna be putting into action. If you guys have any other ideas, things you'd like to see, let me know. Um, but this will also be because I'm I'm right there. I'm right. I'm I'm so close to launching it anyways, but. This will also expedite me launching the YouTube channel where hopefully I can get some more interaction there because, uh, you know, and I'm going to blame myself, folks, uh, for the lack of interaction when I make questions or anything like that because I've been inconsistent. So that's my bad. I'm going to take that one, folks. So sorry for this lengthy and disjointed episode as we're 26 minutes in. I'm just going to blow quickly just through um some results and uh and yeah and 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 yeah i'll be ch- and then and then we'll, we'll we'll get get the hell out of dodge ufc 248 i missed i yeah, we went eight and three overall two and one in straight plays oh and one in that parlay i did but the parlay piece did come through albeit barely which was mock oh madsen water please some water and, uh, he, uh, was real thirsty after that fight, right? Okay, let's, uh, let's go to that real quick, top to bottom. Um, UFC 248, and there's a, a couple talking points. Uh, Brian Ortega defeated Jay Park via slap. Oh, wait, no, that wasn't an official result. That was a weird bad look, because Ortega, at least from my interactions, people I know, nothing but a nice dude. That was just, that was just gross, right? Oh, man. Lost, uh, did some damage to his image with that one, but no uh, fights that actually happened. Adesanya, man, why is everyone doing the Adesanya, <laughs> like people I love and respect too, but it's like it's like it spread like a wildfire. I hear all all the uh, all the journalists, uh, especially ESPN-related ones, doing the Adesanya. Like I, like it almost sounds like they're mid stroke. I can make stroke jokes now. Okay, relax. <laughs> Jesus Dan, all right, relax. <laughs> but like when I hear, uh, <laughs> is he? It's just, I don't know. I'm not even gonna go there. But uh, that's stuck in my head now. But uh, you know what? I I I am the last person who can complain about that, because how many fucked up pronunciations that are actually fucked up that are actually done on purpose on this program do I get stuck in your poor head, Tanner Booger? You know so i fucking have no room to complain um i also have no room to complain neither do any of you about how this fight was scored because it was so low output i actually scored it for marrow one two and five based on uh, you know the damage um but you know his leg also looked like you know like you took an action figure and he always had that really weird arsonist friend who like tried to always light toys on fire and you know um, there's probably some abuse in his home uh, household. Uh, like, took one of you know his mom's big lighters to your your, your action fi- He-Man action figure, and you watched it bubble up. That's what uh, Romero's leg looked like. Damn, that was oddly specific. Did that happen to you? No. Unless it didn't, I blacked it out. But the point is, uh, yeah, there was some damage done to Romero's legs, but, I mean, how often can you rely on the judges to give the leg kicks, right? Um, this one, you can't get it mad at the scores for a different reason sure albeit um much more passionate cases uh, can be made i guess not really but like i guess i'll explain what i'm trying to say zhang <laughs> willy sorry i was i can't i can't stop thinking of um just the willy zhang uh pronunciation uh <laughs> Zhang Weili defeated Yuan know, yin uh, via split decision. 48-47, 47-48, 48-47. Really could have gone either way, and I'm definitely not mad at damage. But it was one of those things where I and many scored it 3-4-5 and five for Yin-Jaychuk. And furthermore, there's actually an argument, kind of like that low-key argument for Jones round two, even though I don't disagree. But there actually was an argument for Yin-Jaychuk in the second round. Um, however, in the fifth round, the round that most people, regardless of who they scored it for, felt was the, the crux round, the clinching round, so to speak. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Yin Jacek, I, I felt like uh, not only did she do the overall damage with, you know, leg, body, head, which I understand legs and leg and body work, like I kind of just mentioned, traditionally doesn't get rewarded by judges. Um, but not only did she do that consistent volume that I reward slash think should be rewarded, um, She, like, rocked her twice with two strong left hands from southpaw to, to start the round. And then at the end of the round, she hits her with a hard body shot, a hard body kick, and then punctuates with the spinning back fist. So she had the big moments in the beginning and the end, which generally is enough to steal rounds if you didn't do enough. But she also had the quiet body of work to bridge those moments. So for me... It, it wasn't as clear as day by any means. It, you know, I could definitely see how judges would have gone the other way, but for my eyes on live and rewatch, uh, because I went back and watched this one the next day, um, I uh, yeah, I, I had it for uh, Yan Jacek, which is kind of ironic. And you, well, Dan, you picked her. Your, your bias? Well, no, not really, because I was rooting for you know <laughs> Willie Zhang, especially because of the you know. <laughs> the not-so-aged-well coronavirus jokes of Joanna and whatnot. So, believe me, it wasn't, it's not a personal thing or a personal bias bleeding into that. Just actually being unbiased, I would say. Um, had it for Ian Jacek, and even there's an argument for round two. Um, again, an argument. Um, but, um, but, yeah, uh, it was a great fight. You know, you can't complain. Um, it's not a surprise that the judges sided with the damage because it was more visibly shown, Uh, You know, Zhang was rewarded for her headhunting because it showed on Ioana, but it always shows on Ioana. I mean, she had a nasty hematoma. Was it the worst? Yes. Was it freakishly bad? Yes. But she's had really, really bad ones and hematomas in the past. It's almost a normal thing for her Um, in victories even, like with the uh, UFC 211 against uh, Jessica Andrade, you know. Uh, what about George St Pierre? If if we're if, okay, so if somebody shows damage on their face that bad, like some people just show damage and cut easier. Like I'm all about rewarding damage, but at a certain point, it becomes misleading because again, George St Pierre, according to his face, if we're going by those metrics, um, he, he lost a lot of those title defenses And, you know, let's be honest He may have lost some of those title defenses for other reasons anyways But that's another argument That's the point We're But not, we're not going to go and take away those fights from George St. Pierre, are we? And if we did at the time, wouldn't you be upset? He did all that work, you know Like Joanna went through different levels, head, body, leg George St. Pierre went through even more levels, of course, granted But in a different way, takedowns and transitions wouldn't you how how many people would be upset if George wasn't rewarded for that right uh, and there's a lot of parallels with the damage they take as far as theme thematically although not you know apples for apples you know Ioannis and Jacek obviously not not out there working a transitional takedown game so that would be my counter argument for those just hanging their hat on that sole aspect of what was a amazingly layered fight you know so again no problem with with Zhang winning but I just have a problem with people hanging their hat um on damage like I like that damage is getting highlighted it should be it should have been this way a long time ago you all know I've been aboard that train but it is kind of weird though now it feels like we're kind of overcorrecting it and it's not again I don't disagree with it and it's coming from people I respect but whether it's broadcasters or people that work within the space on Twitter like we're seeing people anytime someone does a takedown but it's not like they're not advancing or securing a position or doing damage. everybody's quick to be the kind of subtle police being like no damage done with that though you know like almost like kind of a in a cheeky way right like really going out of their way to point it out and again, I don't disagree with them <laughs> It's not that um, you know and I respect the people it's coming from I'm just noting, that it is kind of funny where we are really seeing that um, overcorrecting trend. And the last thing I'll say about that, the ironic part about again not just about damage, but back to that fifth round, people not just hanging their hat on damage, but hanging their hat as far as giving the fifth round to Zhang because when they change le- when they exchange left hooks, and Joanna's nose gets broken. If you actually go back and watch that exchange, Joanna lands the better hook, and not only does she land the better hook because she stumbles uh, Zhang, who is out of position, but Zhang actually looks stunned. Zhang only stopped being stunned as soon as Joanna's body language gave her away. And what I mean is that as soon as the hook happens, you see Joanna's energized because she knows it's like a golf swing when you hit the ball, right? You know, and I'm sure it's the same with baseball, too. When you hit the ball right, it almost feels like you're not making any contact at all. You're like, oh, that was a good connection. And wanna definitely gets that. And Zhang is definitely stung. She got the better of the exchange in that sense. However, because it was a poorly landed hook, or not, you know, it only clipped the nose, sometimes those are the most damaging shots, kind of like you hear with elbows, right? just barely clipping the nose, again, back to the George St. Pierre reference, see George St. Pierre versus BJ Penn 1, BJ Penn uppercuts, He BJ actually misses, he whisked the uppercut, but then it just barely clips George on the nose as he's backing away on the replay, and that's what actually broke George's nose, so again, I'm not taking it away, did they mean to, they meant to hit them, and technically hit them, and subsequently damage happened I'm not taking away from that they deserve credit for that but at the same time it's just ironic because technically Ioana was the more technical striker and it showed in the fact that she landed the better shot connection wise the only reason again back to Zhang snapping out of being stunned is because she saw Ioana react Ioana at first reacts to a great shot she's like that was a great fucking shot she starts stepping forward But then she starts noticing, you see, you you see it on you on his face, like, wait, something's, something's not right with my nose. And she checks it, and then she can feel there's blood. And there's that brief moment of process and panic, and she starts backpedaling. And that's burned into people's heads as well. But if you go back and watch it, I literally think I timed it like last week, it was like six or seven seconds is about it. And then she literally gets right back on the horse and starts putting in numbers and acting like nothing's fucking wrong. Like, and that was Zhang's best moment? And again, you've got the two clear rocks even before to start the round, and then you've got the strong body shots and the spinning backfist to finish. So, Again, I, I, I know it sounds weird to, to shit on what's a great fight and argue a scorecard, especially in the favor of somebody who is not the least bit sensitive or probably the nicest person personally, but... I'm just saying how my eyes saw it. Beniel Dar used sh- KO Dracar close. That was amazing. I'm glad they had that, like that DC and the Joe Rogan, the uh, what do you call that? The, I think that's the best, second best one, right and under Thug Rose. Um, and I'm glad they caught that production because that was great. Because I was doing the same thing. I was just going, cool, you know, especially for a guy like Benny who's just so nice. Whereas, like <laughs> again, a guy like Dracar close, like I was saying in the breakdown, not the nicest cat, and you know. We'll get to Hanato Moicano here. Uh, back to the relevant USC Brazilia, more relevant USC Brasilia card. But I, you, you don't want to condemn anybody, especially these young kids, right? Uh, for the act, how they act after the fight. But man, if you act shitty after a loss, that that, that, that hmm, I don't know. And Close uh, definitely had a share of that. So then to see the you know the the, the proverbial nice guy get the the victory. And Benny, I mean, you know, no hate on Dracar. I, I do hope he's all right, man. I just that I couldn't help but feel feel good for the good guy getting one in a sport that, um, you know, the good guys don't do too well in usually. Neil Magny defeated uh, Li Jing Liang. Um Speaking of, you know, uh, good guys, Neil Magny, right? Um, man, I was really blind on this one, folks. I was confident on this. Uh, and I, I probably shouldn't have been, you know, Magni, uh, like I kind of said on Twitter, he, it was a classic Magny performance. He, he lets you, uh, he lets you gas out, not gas out, but empty a bunch of energy thinking you're going to finish him. And once he realizes he can, you know, he's not going to get finished. He's, he's got you in his fight. And next thing you know, you're clenching, you're having that ugly fight, you're thinking you can win. He's he's, le- he's letting you think you can win, he's letting you get in on your entries, he's letting you start your, combination, his, your combinations. But if you notice, is either finishing them, or finishing by positioning the fight where he wants it to be. So, good on Magny, bad on me, because that was uh, the leg of that uh, parlay and one of the straight plays that uh, I had. Alex Oliveira defeated Max Griffin. I stayed away from this one. It's like who knows what you're going to get, and it was a split decision. Can't remember much offhand, folks. Sean O'Malley defeated uh, Jose, Albert- Jose Alberto Quinones. Uh, O'Malley looked great. Uh, give him a step up for sure. Uh, Marco Madsen. Oh Madsen. Oh Madsen. Irish O'Madsen. Oh, everyone was. Everyone was picking on a poor old dc there and how he was saying oh Madsen, Walter, please um defeated austin hubbard but man the striking i don't know i don't think um i I like Madsen a lot and there's certain matchups that yeah maybe i would bet him on again but um that's you know he's gonna have to i think he's gonna have to come take more trips uh well maybe not now but more trips down to vegas with uh Mads Burnell, just training more with some Mads Burnell as far as um, boxing range goes, you know. He's really got to tie his head movement um, off of his offense and defensive boxing into his shots, like guys like Rashad Evans and aforementioned George St. Pierre. Uh, Otherwise, um, I don't know if he can crack the top ten at lightweight. Like he can finish more than a wrestler like a, than Daron Win, not to keep picking on that poor guy, uh, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but uh but but yeah, that's that's just my opinion. Adolfo Vieira who like took all the steroids, how the hell is that guy passing a Usada test? I know I got hit with the obvious like like who's more jacked than this guy and everybody was like, "Uh, the dude fighting later on the card, Romero. Romero's jackness has gone down, folks. Let's be honest. Whether it's age, Usada or both and um Chenya, that's a, obviously a great answer i mean he's right up there with ninganu for people given ninganu heference but Adolfo vera man i mean jesus dude he had like he, he's dangerously close to getting those scott steiner um fire hose uh veins remember that one, scott steiner like took all the steroids and all of a sudden he sucked like i like the scott steiner where he had the mullet and the the Tarzan onesie single it or whatever back in the day with Rick Steiner. Like, that was the, that was Scott Steiner. That was good. You know, Scotty! WCW Rick Steiner there. Um, but, yeah, uh, Adolfo Vieira chucked off Saverbeck off who just, just looks like a guy you pissed off in the parking lot. Gerald Mearshark came through with that uh, play. I know a lot of people are on him as well, so good on you if you were. Over Darren Wynn. Um, the girl. When he was getting choked, <laughs> the girl I was watching with, I just heard, she goes, Oh no, he's choking the teddy bear. <laughs> because Naron Wynn looks like a teddy bear. Which is funny because, like, again, I've also had someone else tell me that, uh, that, that was watching the fights with me tell me that Drakarklose looks like a, uh, looks like someone went into a Build-A-Bear workshop and tried to make an MMA fighter from the Build-A-Bears. And I'm just like, holy shit, I just thought of something. Like, you know how I have Team Spectrum? Like, Lee Lang, he's, he's Team Spectrum, right? He's got the retard strength. Right? He's <laughs> just didn't help him. I was like, come on, Lee, turn it on. Turn it on. It's the only thing that can save you. It's like it's like Gohan in Dragon Ball Z. You just need him to snap and save everybody, right? And he didn't do it. Uh, but the that, Team Spectrum, well, I guess we got Team Teddy Bear, right? Because, um, right, because you got Drakar close. Darren Win. And uh, Devin Brown Bear Club. Come on, Brown Bear. (laughs) Dude, Team Teddy Bear. Team Teddy Bear, baby. It was a a bad night for Team Teddy Bear. Two out of three of Team Teddy Bear got finished. and and I can't remember what Brown Bear's last fight was, but it probably got finished too. So Team Teddy Bear, it's it's a tough team to, to play for, but, you know, probably deserve to be on there, unfairly. Jesus, Dan. Really, well... Giga defeated Jamal Emmer. Shouts to uh, those of you who appreciate the Giga uh pronunciation. I actually didn't watch this fight. And I didn't even watch the Dana background over Guido Canetti who, who lost. So there goes my Guido Canetti streak of picking him correctly. All right. Um, UFC Brasilia happened tonight, folks. Sorry, we're going to blow through this one. Um course charles Oliveira defeated kevin lee in the main event uh, i hate it when i'm right folks you know like kevin lee and, and, and i have a bias in the sense that i always wanted him to do well regardless of where my pick was but like i t- well maybe not told you on here because i wasn't on this podcast but it- shout out to aaron who who's always out there getting great uh creating great content um I, he had me on his periscope show impromptu he actually had a Fernanda Pratis on there, who was down there in Brasilia. Hopefully she's doing alright uh, as well. Uh, and uh, there was room at the end of the program. And uh, Aaron uh, had me on and we were talking and I said, you gotta look out for the uppercut uh, um, for Charles Oliveira on the floor and of course the front front choke threats. Whereas Lee, um, he was gonna have to pressure and primarily work the body was my main notes from the breakdown. And uh... Like I said in the breakdown and on Twitter, I feel like uh, Oliveira was going to sting him probably with the uppercut on, on the feet and then eventually finish him on the ground, and kind of somewhat happened in that sense. A little disjointed with a round break in between, but I think the damage was done, and those uppercuts really seemed to sting, uh, uh, and as well as the short right hands, but there was a couple uppercuts, one in particular that really seemed to kind of put lee on that uh sh- that q street because i'm not sure we're allowed to say that street anymore right i don't know uh jesus dan there's a coronavirus out there and you're worried about offending people well it's a weird time gilbert burns defeated damian Maya. this was sad like i was on it i was on a radio call shout out to sp nation radio for having me on again and uh, it was on during this fight, and <laughs> I was like mid sentence, and I, I paused really quick. and like, and then I quickly corrected myself. and Go, sorry for the pause. I just Gilbert Burns just knocked out Damian Maya. That was depressing, but yeah, I picked Burns for a reason, and, my, and um, even though my heart kind of like with the main event was with the uh, person whom I didn't pick slash the loser. Uh, hopefully, Damian Maya for his last fight, they give him something winnable and appropriate to go out on. Renato Canero broke the nine-fight decision record tie of the evening uh, by submitting uh, Demir Hansevich. I didn't even see how the submission happened. It happened so fast, and I was just kind of amidst some stuff, like getting ready to do the call. And then, like, um, Hanato Moikano, who's usually, like, overly respectful, like usually the opponent's the one that's all pissed off because they just got beat, and they don't want to see him, and he's, like, trying to be, like, a nice kid. Like, you don't understand I want you to know, I respect you. God watches fight. We work hard, and I respect you. Like, he's, like, usually, like, the, you know, pull string Brazilian fighter. Like, you pull the string. I want to thank God. Pull the string. I work really hard. (laughs) I'm being really racist. I'm sorry, but like, it's you know what I'm saying. In his defense, like, this guy's pretty—he's a nice kid. He's kind of cookie cutter, you know. He's just learning English. kind to of cut him a break, right? But he seems like a really nice kid, and that was just really weird. But you know, I guess something—his kid was sick in the hospital for two days. Um, he's from Brasilia, so he, he had family that was supposed to be coming here Um, then the fight's over faster than he expected and I guess essentially he was just mad because the fight was over so fast but it just and I'm sure there was some cockiness because you're if any time you're gonna flex your cocky feathers you just want to fight man that's some man man shit I get that there's a little bit of that primal stuff that's there and somewhat forgivable sure of course but it just came off really douchey, like he was just saying, like, "Well, you could not even survive so fast." And of course, the camera catches Hadselvich. Who apparently is a really funny comedian. Like he looks like an evil guy, who's that's why I always go Hadzovich, Hadselvich. But he's like apparently a really nice, like super respectful and super funny guy. And you can kind of see his sense of humor in his response, because even though he's pissed too, because he's like, he just got out of a fight and he he just lost a fight, and he's getting yelled at still by the guy who beat him. And a bitch responds like, "Then if you didn't want the fight to be over so fast, why'd you submit me then?" That's <laughs> a great point. So and then Moikano was like asking for the bonus, and like, oh my god like and keep in mind folks there was all decisions up till then so it's like who do you give the performance bonus to so like what were the matchmakers thinking like because they always hate when anybody asks for it even if it's deserving that will pretty much cancel you out is the unwritten rule right so what if like you do it in a really annoying fashion after like almost giving the sport a bad name by doing like you know one of the cardinal sins of continuing the fight after it's over like, holy shit did the matchmakers get put in a spot. Like, how happy were they that there was only two fights left on the card and both those guys got finishes? Like, <laughs> like immediately those guys were getting bonuses just because the fucking shit uh, stunt um, Hanato Moikano pulled. So, like, I feel like Gilbert Burns probably could have been rocking a Holzerike t-shirt and still gotten that bonus. <laughs> Holzerike. Oh, Jesus, Dan. Wow. Offend everybody, right? Nikita Krylov. I'm glad I sided with old Nikki Frills, old crazy Nikita, over Johnny Walker. You know, when when crazy and unreliable meet each other, you got to take who's been crazy and unreliable longer. And that's a uh, that's a uh, and that's Nikita and that's Nikita Krylov. Uh, so I went with uh, I went with Krylov there. So and and uh, but he got his first decision win, and and I was just like he really gets his first decision and we gotta declare if, if Nikita Krylov gets his first decision to win by fighting smart we really gotta declare a state of emergency something's wrong I hope they tested Krylov for corona or something because he's got something going on with him for him to have fought with some semblance of sense <laughs> Jesus Christ Dan why are you talking so much shit about a guy who want want you some money but hey uh, Massa Randubo Trinaldo was one of the chalk pieces that hit, um, who I liked. Uh, I gave a little uh, mini-breakdown, betting breakdown of who I liked on Twitter before, and I said, um, Trinaldo and Formiga, who lost, and we'll get to that fight. I liked, so he saved me a little bit there, as far as the chalk plays go. Defeated John McDessie, who... You know, this is why I love it when... Um, one of my favorite co-hosts ever and host of a program uh, uh, uh jordan killian um we gotta have him back on this show um i i i i love it because we you know our humor is spot on and we get on with enough things f- for the most part we usually like a lot of the same things or appreciate the same guys maybe to different extents but it's always best, what always makes the best entertainment and conversation when there's disagreement and there's something I know I would disagree with Jordan on. Now, I don't think Jordan would defend this McDessie performance or, at all, but I know Jordan, I'm pretty sure Jordan's a McDe- John McDessie guy and that's one thing where I always different. because me, like I kind of tweeted like, I tweeted that, that gif of um, Teddy KGB, John Malkovich from, from Rounders going, hang around, he's always hanging, hanging around. Like that's, not just my, like, attitude on that fight between Trinaldo and mcdessey but that's kind of my attitude on, like, McDessie's UFC career. I'm like, aside from, like, the sweet spinning back fist knockout I think he had on one guy uh, early on, I was like, I just, and then maybe the, that Shane uh, Campbell fight was pretty surprising. Um, But, you know, aside from those two things, I'm just like, man. He's not France Marbeau's level. I'm not, like, pouring gasoline in my eyes to try to pass the time, you know? Um, But I'm just like, what is this guy doing? He's hanging around, hanging, hanging around. Brandon Moreno defeated Jussie Formiga via unanimous decision. I don't know about the 30-27 scorecard, but I could totally see, and I don't hate Moreno, getting the decision based on surviving the submission attempts and positional threats and consistently pressuring forward the whole fight and, and looking forward slash earning damage. Uh, damaging shots at the very least. Um, you know, so that was, you know, again, Moreno's been really good to me in the last two fights with Askarov, and even though that was a draw, actually. But still, it didn't make me look stupid as far as betting him as a dog, and then he comes through as a dog in the next fight against Kaikara France. Um, but I'll be honest... Maybe because of that Davis and Figueredo fight was still in my head, but I just thought that Juicy for Formiga would be a bad stylistic matchup. Um, that Brandon Moreno would spend too much time looking for his offense, have a good round three and run out, of, run out of time. And I guess I was somewhat right except for Formiga, despite his best efforts. He had some sweet, sweet transitions into mount and back takes. But despite his best efforts was... Uh, not controlling as consistently and lost consistent control of the steering wheel um, more often slash a bit earlier than I thought. So again, no issue with the scores. Despite my bias going the other way as far as a pick and play. Amanda Hibas defeated Randa Marcos. In a decision. She looked like a beast. Jeez. She still wants that Page Van Zandt fight after that poor Paige. Trying to heal. And she's going to get smashed. You missed. Zaleski uh, zaleski Santos beat Alexi you know, in a decision. I'll be honest, as stoked as I was for this fight, I wasn't watching it as closely as I should have been. I forget what was distracting me. <laughs> maybe it was the emergency meeting. Maybe it was me um, wondering where my uh, online grocery order was that I found out got canceled because it's just happening across the board. There's just so much demand right now. They can't keep up. Um, but, yeah, uh, from what I was watching, I felt like there could have been an argument for Kinchenko. I picked Dos Santos, but I said Kinchenko was the live dog here. Um, so it was a dog or pass situation. And uh, I guess I was right in both ways with my pick and the fact that Kinchenko was live because many thought he could have won. So I'll have to go back and rewatch that. Um, this was a pretty clear one that I agreed with. Uh, it was a clear draw. Enrique Barzola, Haniya draw, of course, I played Yaya, and I was on Yaya, but, uh, hey, everybody, it's me, Honey Yaya. <laughs> that's, just imagine what it sounds like when I see Honey Yaya dancing to the ring. I just, we put a Hawaiian shirt on this guy and throw him in, like, uh, an extra, in the, like, weekend at Bernie's in one of the par- house party scenes, and, like, I don't know. I feel like Honey ya-ya is right there. But, <laughs> Jesus, Dan, that's real technical analysis. Um, this is a clear draw, you know, that that Peruvian cardio tank, man. Barzola, if you you don't stop him. He's going gonna to keep coming. Marina Moreau beat Myra Buena Silva. I would have picked her, but I'll be honest. Um, I didn't do any research on this fight. And Myra Buena Silva, like, has the same face. She looks like she's really frustrated, and it's the same type of frustrated face whether she's losing or in control of the fight winning. It's funny. Uh, David Dvorak uh, defeated Bruno Silva by decision. I didn't even get a chance to research this one, so I can't even tell you who the fuck I would have picked. Bema defeated Veronica Macedo. So I can't tell you who I would have picked there. Probably would have been some bias toward Macedo. Probably would have ended up siding with her. So let's go to your questions before we get out of here. Because I know one of them had to do with Veronica Macedo. Um, Hey, what was it? Who are you? Enrique. At Blondell Danielle. Bro, you think Veronica Macedo gets cut? She looked good outside the UFC. Um... She looks good inside the UFC too, but I don't know if she's gonna be cut and I think we're talking about two different terms here. Uh but no, I know, I am just kidding, I know what you mean. Um yeah, man. I don't know. It's it's tough to say. You know, a lot of these fighters get a longer leash, but let's look at her record right now, rather than pontificate um blindly. Oh, I mean she was just coming off of a win this off uh, P- Pollyanna Viana, she arm her, so uh yeah, I would say between that division, the leash it gets. Um, God, I hate falling in line and using this word markability. Like, can we just say she's an attractive fighter? Um, and we don't, without having to agree or uh, with the standards of society set. But yeah, um, I don't think she'll get cut, but bro. Uh, Another question. This was a really good one. I'm going to answer him personally, but I also asked permission to answer on the podcast, and he said it was fine. This was a loyal listener of the program, Love to Travel at Lion underscore man 19. Um, Essentially, you know, esports betting is coming to my state very soon. You know, it's it's, it's the case for some of you guys. Um, I lost. Money years ago, like many, uh, now I bet, you know, no more comfortable than what I'm losing. I'm trying to like abbreviate to not give too much away, just get the gist of it here. But um, any advice or essentially any advice or tips on money management? Do you bet the same amount every fight? Also, what percentage of your salary are you comfortable risking in a year? Or do you go month to month by setting aside an amount to play with? I enjoy but I don't want to quit. However, if I do it the way I did years ago, I'll be broke. Uh, I like to mimic a Vegas style, bring him out that I'm okay with. Uh, how do you manage your money daily? Da, 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 basically. He's basically just asking, you know, how you want to just manage his money. And for what it's worth, uh, my friend, um, you've made the same mistakes me, many, and everybody, if we're being honest, has. Um, I will be honest. um, I always say that my analysis is better than my analysis and even my actual picks are better than my gambling because picking and analyzing fights are different than betting on fights. Um, But to further add to that, I would say that my betting on fights um, is better than my money management. And now those things, that sounds silly because those things are tied together. They are. What I mean by that is that if I had to split hairs here, just to kind of make a point to you that how poor I am with the money management part of it, or how much of it I should say is not not a strength of mine. I shouldn't say poor because um, I'll give you my fix as far as what I do here in a second. But um, but yeah, it's definitely not like my not not my strength um, because I don't have a system. Uh, I feel like I don't know if I'm qualified to create a system for one. Two, people that have a systems often boast about the system and I, I really don't know if it's deserved because the fear, the ultimate fear, especially when you're talking about like the most unpredictable, not just sports betting, but like sports betting on like the most unpredictable thing that is combat sports. Furthermore, whittling down that split of hairs, MMA. Um, you run the risk of being married to a program of money management that's not necessarily paying out right? Now, yeah, the long term and this and that, but I mean, who can really forecast that kind of stuff? You know what I'm saying? The people claiming it aren't uh, real, you know, number analysts who can forecast these things. And even if you were to get the number, you know, the, you know, the, the, you know these people who forecast like stock markets numbers and forecasts like real life betting in that sense, like, I doubt they would give you anything accurate um, if you gave them like a year to try to whittle down MMA, right? Um, so it becomes really dangerous, whether it's your own system or somebody else's who's, you know, quote-unquote proven winner. Uh, and I'm not hating on any of the cappers or whatever out there. I'm just I'm like, let's be real, folks. Let's be honest. I mean, we're we're not. I mean, look at me. I Oh, I work for MMA Junkie, USA Today Sports. I got one of those blue check marks. I have a made-up job, folks. I'll be the first to tell you that. Like, so I'm not taking shots at anybody here. I'm just, I'm just being realistic, right? I mean, I, I'm saying the same thing about myself. Um, so don't feel bad if you've made those mistakes, but also just be weary of having one absolute answer, whether it comes from your mind or the mind of someone else. I guess is just what I'm trying to say there. However, I feel like you know, um, you can try fiddling with basic uh, structures that I use, which is one, um, boy, I don't like to think in terms of salary. Um, I like to think in terms of beer money. So um, I bet very small. So um, whatever the minimum deposit is, I'm usually not depositing much more than that to get started off. Put it that way. Whether we're talking Bovada, five dimes, um, DSI, etc., uh, those are pretty much the only houses, for what it's worth, that um, I have experience using and have accounts with that I actually use. Um, so again, I'm not I'm not the greatest as far as that as far as that goes. Um, withdrawals, um, I don't really use DSI to be honest. So, I've never withdrew from there. I've only withdrew from Bovada and DSI, or not, uh, Bovada and um, Dimes. They're a pain in the butt, all of them are. And it's for a reason. And you have to, just like here, there's a minimum limit. There's also uh, to, 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 to give in, there's also a much higher set minimum, of course, to withdraw. So, um, I can be honest and say my withdrawals aren't much because I usually wait till I'm a decent a few increments above that limit before I even think about withdrawing. So my withdrawals are not that much, but I can also say um, my deposits, you know, I'm not not a dude depositing, you know, every card, every month or anything like that. I like to say, again, keeping healthy beer money. Now, every once in a while, I'll get a little too loose and I'll pay for that. Of course, like human nature, that usually happens after my account's built up over some time. And it's getting close to that deposit mark. That's when I'm at most risk to make stupid moves. But that's more of a me thing. Hopefully, that's not a you thing. However, there's some human nature there. Um. But even though I guess what I'm trying to say is my deposit to withdrawal ratio is healthy. It's recre it, it's healthy in a recreational sense at best. I'm not trying to boast here. And I and I admit that on the podcast whether I'm placing the bets or you know talking about uh successes i always keep it keep it very grounded and say listen i'm betting like a nine-year-old with an allowance so that's why i don't boast about unit counts the only even reason why i do unit counts is because it's just such a common term or phrase and it's just kind of a quick value to help you whether you're looking at it if i were to post it on twitter like i used to or I'm talking about it like I do now on the podcast it's just a quick thing of you know kind of like my catch wrestling coach would give us ranks like a, uh, instead of belts like purple stripes it's because even though we didn't necessarily believe in it or go by it it just made it that much easier when we went integrated and competed with the community right so so I that's why I use those things but um, basically you can do uh, uh, again after I talk shit on systems I'm about to kind of give you one or tell you what I do which sounds kind of like a system but I'm not married to this this is just kind of a healthy way to keep things fun and again to keep me and beer money I ain't out here getting rich never claimed to be folks but you know asking about money management um, like for example if you're just playing small or just something stupid like we'll just start at the, the, the very smallest increment okay um, you know uh Bet your confidence, you know, three bucks, not very confident, five bucks, kind of confident, um, ten bucks, very confident. Whatever that variation is, try to keep it to just three so it's not too complicated. Um, and that's kind of just for, you know, casual, um, degenerate betting, you know. If I do a parlay, whether it's a two person, a three person, I understand that the odds of a parlay is silly. That's why I'm only going to limit myself to max $20. Now, depending on what the parlay is $20, you know, can, you know, get you a 100 bucks, right, you know, or more, depending if you really get crazy out there, or whatever. So regardless of whatever it is, just cap yourself off at a healthy low number. So whether you're playing serious, and you're quote, unquote, by doing these two people chalk parlays, or you're doing a stupid parlay of like five people, and three of them are dogs, either way, you're not really being hurt. you're not, I, I try to, th- you know, I think of it that as opposed to uh, as love to travel, put like how much of your salary per year are you willing to? You don't want to think like that for one, nor do you want to bet like that. So just keep it healthy with whatever you can afford to lose. And even if you can afford to lose a little more, it actually doesn't hurt to use those lower limits um, that I said as much as, you know, people will make fun of you for it. you're betting like a a little kid like me right but the point is is that not even just money management but like enjoyment management because that's the thing when you bet big and you lose big it bums you out and you associate you know you won't enjoy a fight as much as you would have maybe and then that bleeds over to when you look back and everyone thinks about remember how awesome ufc 189 was but if you were on the wrong side of it which i wasn't by the way i wasn't the right side in both the main and co-main so it kind of made it better but like it could also make it worse too so you never know um yeah so i don't know i'm i'm, I'm randling on here so i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah, pass an hour okay so i'm gonna end this up soon but pretty much just my only advice would be keep it low and give yourself different levels and increments uh, and different limits but always keep them low keep it fun Especially times like these, there's not a lot to bet on, so don't be don't get crazy out there and uh, go betting spelling bees that they're offering on dimes and going heavy on it, you know. Um, whatever you do, whether it's stuff you know or don't know, just keep it light and keep it fun, man. Um, that's honestly my, my best example. Uh, my, my best advice there are actual professional gamblers on you could probably seek advice on elsewhere um, if I'm being honest. I'd be doing you disservice to pretend. Sorry for the long-winded answers and rants, but let's be honest, folks, we're all uh, probably going to be needing stuff to listen to, and we're all kind of uh, in a similar headspace right now, so know that I generally am wishing you all well. It's really tough to keep a straight head, but I hope you all can, while looking out for your neighbors, your family, your friends, remain a human being. A lot of stuff's being taken from all of us right now, but that's something we can't control. That people. No one can take that from you. That's up to you to be a human being. So try to be a human being out there. I'll see you guys next week, regardless if there's a card or not. I do have plans, like I told you at the beginning of the show, for more content. Top fives are coming back. Stay strong. Stay connected. Stay in contact. Uh, not literally you know, social distancing, but stay in contact with one another via online. I'll see you next week. And always protect.